0: I think that one of the ways that we want to approach these conversations is that they are first of all there's no one way to think about this right that we are as individuals have as many different needs and and not only many different needs but that our needs change from moment to moment context to context right so sometimes when we ask these large questions of valid questions of how much help is enough and how much help is too much, how much help creates dependency, how much help, uh, you know, is the sort of um, uh, assistance that people need to sort of feel like they are able to gain some agency and autonomy. I mean, those are really, really important questions. And I, I think, as I said, that the answer, unfortunately, often gets pitted into one, Um, you know one size fits all kind of thing right like as though uh, as ODSP as you as you bring up that that 1149 (laughs) which is what a single person on ODSP receives per month is enough to cover the essential services when we know that contextually not so much that it may be useful for this person but for this person who lives in this city who has these particular needs it's not enough. Or for those, you know, someone who lives somewhere else and has different needs, it's enough, you know? So, so we don't, we, when we answer those kinds of questions, you know, one way for everyone is where we fall down, where we then do a disservice because this is what, when we notice that the most marginalized people will be outside of the, this should be enough for everyone. Um, and so one of the ways to kind of approach this, and I'll come to you in a second, and I see your hand up there. Um, one of the ways that we approach this from an organizational kind of standpoint is to say, let's, in the center of our decision-making, put the most marginalized, vulnerable um, contexts uh, that we can think of. And if we cater our services to... Uh, situations that are the most outside and the most marginalized and the most disenfranchised, then everyone else that's in the spaces in between that will get their needs met as well. Instead of centralizing the most um, sort of general privileged sort of context and position because then you will have all of these folks outside of that who will be left out so it so we want to flip that from an organizational point of view which is one way for us to wrestle with this question of of uh how much is enough and not too much so just when it comes to you danae i know you had your hand up there
1: yeah i think um another part of it of the system that's flawed is that there's kind of everybody is quick to make assumptions about
0: um like just the treat people as human beings and and what that what that entails um but i also want to just caution us around this idea of that sort of um having compassion from a place of pity uh, you know when we because we just had this larger conversation in the other group um about uh from a place of pride, like disability is a place of pride and and absolutely um, when and friend didn't want to say it, but you will be in disability justice next semester, <laughs> but uh, and talking about this, but talking about. You know various conditions that arise for people through accident or through, you know, um, misfortune, that changes their way of being and the and the pain of that and the loss of that and the grief of that, and uh, and how we can have compassion for that and also how do we find ways to. Um, uh, also have pride in uh, the the knowledge and skills and ways of being that disability contributes to society so we actually celebrate disability at the same time so I mean because that's a really complex thing you know so I absolutely hear you that for you this loss this this misfortune and the treatment that you got from that that you want people to hear that you need to be compassionate and that you also need to treat people as human beings that uh that all deserve of uh value um and that we shouldn't make assumptions about people's backstory right so yeah absolutely thank you for that the message in the other in the other forum as well, that in feminist counseling and advocacy, also in gender-based violence, next win- in the winter term, and then disability justice, um, uh, we have more conversations about labels. We have conversations about how, and I think this speaks to your point too as well, Danae, Like this assumption that we have about people when they when they have certain labels, or we perceive them in a certain way, and we we make these assumptions and. And for us to remember, we don't know people's backstory, but even further to that, that this is how oppression works. The way that oppression works is that we have been filled in with a backstory that then gets applied. And that backstory is, you know, stereotype. It's it's this oppressive belief system about people as problems and, and people as uh, dirty or people as not productive or not valuable or you know making choices that they shouldn't have been making and all of that kind of stuff that you know they're criminal they're deviant they're whatever um so it's not even necessarily that we uh, like so we want to look at this framing as um you know the idea of walk a what is that walk a mile in someone else's shoes that you want to think differently about them i think even further than that the political pieces that um we don't actually need to know their backstory in order to challenge the assumption of the backstory we already have. We have we have a backstory, and what we want to do is say, that's not that's not the truth of it. And we don't need someone to prove otherwise so that we feel compassion for them. We don't need to hear that actually, you know, poor them this happened and that happened we we already know that we live this life too we we see and experience these exact same things to a to a lesser and greater degree um and and we also yeah we also hear about these people are this way and these people are that way and we want to resist that other folks Uh, we used to do this exercise a number of years ago where we in in this um conversation we're having about gender about uh you know more than uh Uh, men women and how gender is connected to sex and all that kind of stuff that you all are talking about and is being talked about you know more broadly in the last decade or so Um, and how uh, we fill in gender uh, based on you know the backstory of what you look like being associated with your gender and that it's we we fill in that detail. So when I see you and I, you know, and my mind goes duh, 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 long hair, breasts, certain height, blah blah blah, woman, right? Like that hap- it I mean, it happens for all of us. We recognize it more, I think, as oppression when we see uh this is the place of pity pe- place, right? Like we recognize it more when we notice that we're filling in a backstory about someone who's homeless or someone who has a disability, like we, we recognize that, Oh, wait a minute, this person, um, you know, once I get to know them, then I understand that they are not this. And so then we see that there's something built there. But in fact, that happens for everything. Like, as I said, you know, we, we still fill in all those details when we look at someone and we, we fill in details about, you know, clothes but we fill in and 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 uh a social class and we fill in details about gender and how people in particular genders are supposed to look right so i mean it's definitely you now again it's not about judging it as either or it really is to kind of think oh okay i move through the world and i classify and i categorize and it's based on all of the things i've been told that this is how i should perceive people and and you know no judgment about it it's just the way that it is and let me bring awareness and attention to that and um see if there's a way that i can kind of hold my assumption in this place over here as i uh interact with this person in the way that they want to be in the world um and yeah gender i thought was a really um you know for lots of folks really chal- myself included right really challenge to so- sort of not assume gender based on what people look like which is really challenging <laughs> continues to may- be a challenge for us and i i do it all the time i just assign pronouns all over the place because you know i've got a backstory in my head about what gender presentation looks like it it took me like maybe it's a couple of years back that i stopped Started. I can't say I stopped entirely, but I started to extend that space to myself. I was very much like, uh, I extended this uh, gender stereotype to myself as well. And I was not comfortable with it at all. I didn't fit in it, but I still, I tried to force myself into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and it's, I don't know why we carry the feeling that that is the safer thing to do. It really wasn't safer for me to be doing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel safer in this journey, which is not uh, absolute at all, but somehow still safer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, risk is negligible, like it's self-defining, right, as to what feels more, what creates our vulnerability for ourselves, in addition to what we know in terms of systemic and structural oppression. I'm just, uh, Angela, you got your hand up, but let me just come to Juliet, who's typing things. And, uh, I'm not sure if that's because you don't want to do mic stuff, which is fine, or can't do mic stuff, which is also fine. Um, but I just want to bring people's attention to the comments about being, uh, being, how frightening being labeled as and, um, and thinking about uh, how how we need to fill in some details about validating care and the oppression detox. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Angela, you had your, your hand up. You wanted to
1: say something. Oh, yeah. Um, I just wanted to... I think a lot of these... A lot of these classes and timings where allows me to kind of make my mind turn a lot because I'm stuck with the scientific and theoretical aspect of, like, psychology. Um, mm. And then also going into these, um, reading about these experiences, like, in care work, where um, I think there is a part of that um, about Edmund Yu, who was an immigrant... Um, a student um, who is a I think is a psychiatric survivor um, mm-hmm. I think knowing these experiences happen and then also having to understand certain things in a psychological theoretical aspect it makes me mm-hmm. sit in that gray area of emotion emotional confusion mm-hmm. um So it's just, yeah, I can't really make sense of it because I know, um, uh, short story, long story short, um, I, I work in, um, like a early child education and then also me being now where I am and looking at a greater lens versus me working and working with children, Um, Mm -hmm. How I perceive human development is completely different. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, I just, I'm trying to figure that out, too.
0: I I appreciate you saying that, Angela. And I will tell you that the history of this program, certainly in the last, I mean, I've been with this program since 2004. So, So for quite some time, that folks who, so we get folks who, come right out of high school. We get folks who have finished various levels of degree work. So undergrad, graduate, PhD level. We get folks who haven't been in school for many years who did not, um, you know, complete high school like myself. Um, And we uh, the folks who struggle, there's different groups of people who struggle. uh, And one of those groups that struggle is folks who have psychology degrees. And <laughs> they almost have one of the greatest struggles. And part of that uh, has to do with the expectation, because we are talking about violence, that folks uh, come in with this uh, medicalized, very medicalized idea. Uh, and we're going to, you know, talk about that and trauma and this and that, and the other thing, which of course we do to some degree, but because it is a critical um, uh, a critical not sociological but it has a, a critical um uh, analysis uh large critical analysis component there's it's a political discussion around justice and activism um it becomes really challenging for For those folks, and I think part of it is not because people can't learn. Of course, it's just that there's an expectation that was kind of created. So a backstory, and uh, and so then the challenge, the first bit of uh, the program is a challenge to sort of reconfigure um, the expectation as well as to try and hold this medical uh, learning, this learning that's based in sort of medical theory, theoretics, to this other this critical this lens that's critical of that um so i appreciate uh you you know talking about that because there's there is also the emotional component of that of being able to to uh hold uh all of these but i I think i also think that it's uh the same for all of us like unless you know when we start having these kinds of oh yeah and danae same thing right when you (laughs) said when you mentioned it before around um neuroscience that you were in before, I thought, oh, um, yeah, it's challenging. So, uh, but it's challenging also for many of us, because again, a lot of this is internalized, it's social conditioned, internalized, we've, you know, gone through school, we have families, we have leaders in our community, we watch TV, we listen to, you know, so there's all of these messages that we, these uh, beliefs that we have about ourselves and others. And I think that the challenge around thinking about how we perceive others differently, part of it has to do with then that what does that mean for us in terms of who we believe that we are <laughs> that's a really sort of intrinsic question that is you know existential i mean it 's just huge right it 's this huge, huge undertaking to think about who you are and who you believe yourself to be, and so some of these underpinnings of 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 people of human development and all of that kind of stuff to challenge it. To to change that worldview um, is 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 challenging um, and emotional and uh, spiritually and psychologically and you know all of those th- things. Um, but what I want to say is part of under uh, part of being able to undertake that challenge is if we can at the very least understand that that is one world view it is not all you know and there's a there's a part of colonialism is that has created a dominance around that is the world view and there are other world views there's other ways of understanding human development and design and and that if we can make space for that it allows us to um you know sort of hold more of that complexity uh i'm looking at time and-